happy at. And we're going to close out tonight our Bible study on, as we've been talking about the tongue, taming the tongue. I uh, probably brought about eight, uh, eight or nine messages on the subject. And uh, such a very important thing that we as Christians need to uh, be reminded of often and think about and uh, more importantly, put to practice. Amen? And I don't know about you, but there's just certain things in life that no matter uh, how close to the Lord that we are, uh, we still have to deal with. We still have to struggle with. It's just part of this thing, living uh, on this earth, dealing with the flesh. Every single day you've got to deal with certain things. Amen? And one of those is the tongue. And if that wasn't the case, God wouldn't have put so many Bible principles and scriptures and admonitions in the, in the scripture about those things. And so uh, we've been talking about several different things. Uh, I will, uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to get printed up for you on that laminated card I was telling you about, uh, the 10 Laws of Excellent Speech. And I will get those. We uh, preached through those uh, a month or so ago. And that way you can keep them. It'll be in a, something about the uh, a half page size that you can keep in your Bible and uh, look at it often, be reminded of it often, uh, so that we can uh, make sure that we please the Lord in that area. Proverbs chapter 6, uh, we're going to read uh, three verses here, uh, beginning in verse 16, or actually four verses, 16 through 19. So if you find your place, stand with me together as we read the scripture here. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, uh, the Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. I ask now, God, that you'll speak to us through your word. I pray that you'd bless me, Lord, as I uh, uh, preach your word. Give me your power. Give me your mind. Uh, I pray that you would uh, direct my thoughts and direct my uh, my speech, Lord. And, and may I say the things you'd have me to say and not say the things I shouldn't say. Speak to us, we pray, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I've taught you before that uh, that word abomination is a very serious word in the Scripture. And anytime you read that word, you ought to take note. You ought to understand exactly what God's talking about. And you do not want to be involved in anything that's an abomination to God. Again, that word abomination, if there is the, the word hate is here, abomination is way up here. It's the highest form of hate and disdain uh, that we have in our King James Bible about God's outlook on something. So God lists here seven different things that are grievous to Him that He lists as an abomination. And by the way, we ought to look at this uh, list often and make sure these are not part of our life. All of these could be preached on individually. I'm not going to preach on them individually tonight. Maybe sometime I will. But we, we see that they are this, a proud look. Surprise, surprise, pride's at the top, right? And again, folks, the sin that uh, got uh, uh, Lucifer kicked out of heaven, the sin that every single human being uh, will struggle with at some point in some form of our life, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. I wonder what God thinks when He sees America. Wonder what God thinks when He looks down on this earth and sees all the innocent blood being shed. I tell you what He thinks. This earth is ripe for judgment is what He thinks. Amen. By the way, God's about ready to drop the boom on this planet before very long. I can tell you that's for sure. He's already starting to in some aspects, but we ain't seen nothing yet compared to what's coming. Hands that shed innocent blood and heart that deviseth wicked imagination. Isn't that interesting, by the way? Amen. Not even necessarily to the point where they come out, but on the inside, right? Where they be 
begin at. Feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now, what if I told you there's a sin that can only be born out of a heart that harbors all seven of these abominations? By the way, there is such a sin. And, and, and we're going to see that. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 26. And we're going to see that that is the sin of tailbearing. The sin of tailbearing. And I want to show you tonight, uh, we're going to title this, The Sin of Seven Abominations. The Sin of Seven Abominations. Proverbs chapter 26, a few pages over. And we're going to begin reading in verse 22. Now what you notice here, uh, what the Bible's talking about, and I'm going to define this word for you in just a minute, but notice uh, the, the main subject of these verses is that of a tale-bearer. Notice what we say we see in verse 22 of Proverbs chapter 26. The words of a tale-bearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not. Notice here, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Isn't that interesting? Seven abominations in his heart. Whose, uh, whose hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. And again, if you go back to the subject of those verses, that is what we see in verse 22, that of a tailbearer. And God says that a tailbearer has seven abominations in his heart. And of course, those are defined as found in Proverbs chapter 6. And so all that to say is this, all right? Uh, you know, sometimes we want to deal with the symptoms when we ought to be dealing with the root, right? And the root of this can be found in the sin of tailbearing. Now that word tailbearer in the Bible comes from a Hebrew word that means to walk along or apace, to be conversant, to wander abroad, to go forth up and down. A tailbearer is a, a person who walks among the people, gathering information from them. Then they take this information and spread it to others, and most of the times do so with a hurtful motive behind it. That is a tail bearer. Now, in our day and age, it's just laughed off as the word gossip, right? Oh, I just, I gotta get the latest gossip. I gotta hear this. I gotta hear that. We better be careful saying certain things, and we better be careful, uh, uh making sure we're, uh, involved in certain things, or not involved in certain things, I should say, because if we start looking at it and breaking it down, peeling back the layers of the onion, we're gonna find some interesting things in scripture, uh, that, uh, we see that God is not for. I wanna give you several things about this, and then we're going to talk about how to deal with it, amen? Because it's one thing to fill our heart with the knowledge about it, our head with the knowledge, but then let's figure out what the Bible says to do about cutting this sin off, amen? Because it's one of those things that we do not want to be involved in. Now, here's what the Bible has to say about tail-bearing. Some of these scriptures I'll have you turn to, some of them I'll just read to you. First of all, we see this, is that tail-bearing is condemned in the Old Testament law. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16. Notice what the Bible says, thou shalt shalt not. Now, we talk about the Ten Commandments, and, and well, we should, amen? But there's a lot more commands than just the Ten we find. And here's one of them, thou shalt not. So that means this, don't do it, amen? Isn't the King James so hard to understand, thou shalt not, right? Okay. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor, I am the Lord. So a direct command against God to not be a talebearer, to not be involved in the sin of gossip. Amen? 
Now listen, folks, uh, now sometimes there's this, there's this rant people get on that say that the Old Testament has nothing to do with us today. Well, let me just say this. First of all, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen? Now, I understand the Old Testament law was given to the nation of Israel, and I understand that there are certain of those ceremonial laws that we do not uh, participate in today. By the way, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you didn't have to come up here this morning and bring a goat or a sheep or an ox, and I had to stand up here and slaughter that in front of everybody and sprinkle the blood out on everybody? I mean, aren't you glad we don't have to do that anymore? Amen. I mean, you know, there's certain things ceremonially we don't have to do. But let me just say this, folks. God never changes. And what God thought about a sin in the Old Testament is the same thing He thinks about it today in our day and age. Amen? I am the Lord. I change not. By, by the way, Jesus said He didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. By the way, you read the, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. You know what? The law set the standard here. Jesus said, I set the standard here. Amen? And if anything, Jesus upped the bar, not lowered it. So get this out of your mind. Don't listen to false teachers on the Internet that tell you the Old Testament is not for us today. Now again, if you have more questions about that, I'll be, sure, I'll be glad to help you out with that. But talebearing is condemned in the Old Testament law. What else do we see? Number two, a talebearer's goal, now don't miss this, is to find out secrets and spread them. Mm, isn't that interesting? Proverbs 11, verse 3. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that's of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Now again, folks, I've said this, and I think we understand this within context. We're not talking about covering up sin, okay? We're not talking about if someone is involved in sin that needs to be exposed, not to expose it. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about someone who's going around, digging, finding out things that, by the way, don't need to be talked about. Don't need to be spread around to other people. And truth be told, folks, you know what? We're all flesh. You start digging in any of our lives, there's things we're not proud of, right? right yeah. I know I've, I've, I've sinned before and done things that I'm ashamed of. I think we all have. Okay? And so this idea that a talebearer would go around, find out secrets, and spread them. And by the way, it's not even just necessarily bad things. You know, there's just certain uh, things that aren't necessarily sinful that just shouldn't be talked about, right? Not everything that we know needs to be said. And we need to understand that. A talebearer likes to find out and, uh, and spread that around and start stirring the pot. They like to hear or even overhear what should not be repeated and then, and then uh, start talking about it. They gather half-truths, partial conversations, second-hand information, and repeat it as gospel truth. They love to appear to be the authority. They love to be the last word on everything. Amen? And so uh, that's what a talebearer's goal is to do. We see this. A talebearer collects these secrets through flattery. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. Listen to this. He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Alright, now flattery is when somebody is trying to just tell you what you want to hear to get something from you. That's flattery, okay? They appear to be your friend, listening with a compassionate ear, so they can pump you for information. They convince you to confide in them, to share what you know and how you feel about things, then use this information for their advantage. By the way, you know what? A talebearer doesn't always flat out come out and say, hey, tell me this so I can go spread it. You know how sometimes a conversation will start you ready for this? 
Hey, uh, what, do you have something we can pray about? Hmm, how about that? Trying to disguise, be sneaky. Now again, folks, I'm not saying that there's certain things that you don't share and talk about, but you better be careful who you're doing it to, uh, with and m- making sure it's not a tell-bearer. And for dead sure, we all better make sure we're not involved in the sin of tell-bearing, right? A tell-bearer collects these secrets through flattery. A tell-bearer then uses these secrets, and this is the key right here, to hurt people. They use it, to, that's the motivation. Proverbs 18.8 the words of a tailbearer are as what? Wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. It said the same thing in Proverbs 26, 22. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. You know what that, those verses teach us, folks, is this. Gossip hurts people. Okay, gossip hurts people. It wounds physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It wounds in all of those areas. You know what else gossip does? It destroys unity. A tailbearer enjoys creating strife between individuals. He enjoys causing division in a congregation. It pleases him to make someone mad at another person. That's a tailbearer. That's when someone, that's what their motivation is. You know, there's just some people that aren't happy unless there's turmoil. You know what I call them? Whether they're male or female, I use this term drama mama, right? You know what, they just, they, all they, they, they just gotta stir the pot. They just gotta cause reactions. They're not happy unless there's trouble. Now you know what we ought to all do? Search our own hearts, right? And see if that's our motivation when, when we're dealing with other people. We see this, that gossip destroys friendships. I think often this is done out of jealousy and envy. The tailbearer sees two people who are good friends and tries to get one of them to talk bad about the other. And they run with that information, by the way, using an exaggerated version of the conversation, and to the other person to try to destroy that friendship. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Now, why, why would a person do this, by the way? Why would anyone want to be involved in the sin of tail-bearing? Well, I don't know about you, but one of the greatest mysteries of life is the why behind someone's hurtful actions. I mean, anytime I've ever been hurt by somebody, you know what, I always, you know, probably to myself or maybe to someone close to me will say, why would they do that? You know, why would someone find joy in creating that kind of hurt? And what really boggles my mind is why would a Christian do that to another Christian? Are you kidding me? Why would you want to do that? What causes some people to spend their lives gossiping and tailbearing? Again, especially those who sit under the preaching of God's Word and know what the Bible say about it. Again, Proverbs chapter 26, listen to this verse. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. Right? I mean, that's just common sense. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. So why does someone do this? Well, the Bible t- gives us some reasons why. Because they have a contentious nature. Contentious nature. You know what? Uh, they're, they're, they're about contention. They like, they like, again, as I said earlier, creating drama. They try to distract others, maybe this, from their own secret sin. Maybe the, the, uh, the, the motivation behind it is to get the attention off them onto somebody else. If they can keep people talking about others, maybe no one will notice what's wrong with them. 
How about this? They refuse to purge their lives of the seven abominations. You know what? They, they're not dealing with it. And because it's such an issue and a big issue that needs to be dealt with, they feel like it's too big to be dealt with and try to do this to cover that up. By the way, folks, let me just say this, all right? It doesn't matter what kind of sin we find ourselves involved in. There is help for that sin. There is hope for that sin as long as we come with a humble, repentant heart. Now, sometimes it's going to take a little bit to work through it especially if you've hurt other people, okay? But you know what? If you will come humbly and you will come with a heart willing to work things out, most things can be worked out. But the problem is we're too stinking proud and we don't want to work things out. And instead of working it out, we'd rather act like there's nothing wrong and point the fingers at others. And that's exactly what a tell-bearer would do. Uh, Sometimes this is done because of a secret hatred held against others. Most tell-bearers, or truth be told, folks, are miserable people whose heart is filled with envy against happy and successful people, so they spend their lives trying to tear others down with their tongue. Now, if I painted a pretty bad picture of what a tell-bearer is, I hope so. That's been the plan. Amen? So that we'll fear the, fear God, understand what the Scripture says about it, and not be involved in it. Now, how can this be stopped? How can we protect ourselves and protect our church from tail-bearing? And this is where uh, I want to spend the rest of the message and give you some very practical principles that will help us in our own lives and also help our church. By the way, as a mature Christian, we need to handle it right. We need to handle it proper. We need to make sure that we deal with it the way God says for us to deal with it so that things can be handled in the right manner, all right? So how is this stopped? How can we deal with a tail-bearer? Let me give you several Bible principles. First of all, number one is this. Recognize the motivation of a tail-bearer. Okay, if you find yourself in the cross cells of a tailbearer, you find yourself dealing with one, ask yourself some questions. How did they find this out? Why are they telling me this? What will they do with my reaction to their news? Because again, folks, there's motivation behind it. Think about this. If someone will come and tell you what another said about you, that same person will go tell someone else what you said about them. Right? I mean, that's what amazes me about people who cheat on their spouses, all right? You cheat on your spouse and you get with someone else. I mean, come on. If someone cheated on their spouse to get with you, what makes you think you're so special they won't cheat with you to get with somebody else? And so is the truth about tailbearers, okay? And listen, never give the tailbearer the benefit of a reaction, okay? Because let me tell you what the flesh does, okay? The flesh likes that stuff, by the way. The flesh likes to be, you know, to hear dirt on other people. In fact, we even make light of it. We think, you know, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's, you know, everybody gossips. I want to hear the the latest juicy gossip. I mean, literally people say that kind of stuff, laughing it off like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Okay? So recognize the motivation and ask yourself, what, I mean, why are they coming to me about this? Okay? How about this? Recognize the sin of tailbearing. Ask yourself, according to the Bible, what kind of person does it take to do this? So if someone comes to you with these types of things, ask yourself, well, uh, well, what is it that's in their heart that they would want to come and say this to other people? Well, you may not not have known before tonight, but you're going to know after tonight. Amen? uh, What kind of abominations, uh, sinful things people are involved in to be involved in the sin of tail-bearing? 
Remember, your answer ought to be uh, like this. All right? Well, who would do this? Someone who's a transgressor of the law. Someone who cares not if they wound others. Is against unity. Loves to destroy, uh, to, to destroy friendships. Has a contentious spirit. Is hiding their own secret personal sins. Yeah, that's what a talebearer is, by the way. Okay? And so, again, recognize what's going on. Recognize the heart of the talebearer. According to the Word of God, again, there's seven abominations in his heart. And so you ought to see those things, recognize those things, and then that will help you uh, recognize when someone is being a talebearer so that you won't listen to them or, number one, or most importantly, not be one yourself. How about this? Recognize that the person who has carried this gossip to you is harboring a secret jealousy and hatred against the person they're gossiping about. By the way, never forget this. If someone is gossiping, they're lying. A lot of times, right? They're a liar. They can't be trusted. I guarantee you this is true, okay? And I've found this so many times, is that uh, when you hear something like that, it's either been fabricated, exaggerated, or embellished. Okay, I'll give you an example, all right? Again, I, I think I've used this illustration before, but it cracks me up. It's one of the funniest examples. It, it's funny, but it's pathetic. So one time around Christmas time, uh, this was several, several years ago, Pastor Ross and I were delivering uh, food baskets to needy people. And we were uh, delivering this to, uh, to a family, and uh, we, uh, you know, knocked on the door and, and took the food in. And there was a family member there. And they said, uh, you know, where are you guys from? And we, we, we told them where we were from, what we were doing. They're like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that church. You know it's going to be good when they say that, right? Oh, I've heard about that church. You guys are the ones, and here's verbatim what they said. I heard it with my own ears. You guys are the ones that chain kids up and lock them in closets when they're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And we're also the one that after we chain them up and lock them in closets, then bring food to their families. <laughs> it's like, Really? I mean, isn't it amazing to me, the people that are the biggest experts about a church are the people who's never been there, the people who's never uh, take time to make a phone call and, and talk to the pastor or anything like that. They're just self-acclaimed experts because of what they heard. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, that, I mean, we laughed about it. We thought it was hilarious, but it's actually pretty pathetic. You know, that you would think that, you know, just because you heard it, I mean, come on, folks, how many times have... You heard something that you thought was accurate, and then once you started digging and getting the facts, you found out, man, that wasn't even close to the truth. You know what? That happens all the time. So you know what you need to do? Give people the benefit of the doubt. Okay? Uh, it happened to me last summer. I got an, uh, uh, an email from somebody who was trying to trash a pastor and said horrible, truth be told, criminal things that this pastor was involved in. You know what I did? Delete. Delete. Okay, I could tell right off the bat there was just in the wording of the email, the hostility in the email toward this particular pastor. By the way, the pastor answered that. He sent an email out saying, listen, I heard this happen. This, this, this situation was totally uh, exaggerated, totally lied about. There was jealousy involved. That's why this came out. And you know what, folks, listen to me. You know, I didn't start calling other preachers. Hey, did you hear this about what so-and-so said about this preacher? I mean, come on, folks. Are we Christians or are we not? Amen? Listen, don't stir that kind of stuff. Recognize that a person that is bringing this stuff more than likely is fabricating, exaggerating, or embellishing things. Now, I'm not saying, again, I get it. Bad things happen, and, and, and sometimes people who tell the truth, uh, they get uh, lied about. I understand that. 
And, I, and I'm saying that, you know what, you've you got to recognize what's going on and you've got to take everything with a grain of salt. Don't just believe it. And if it is a situation that you're involved in, that you need to be involved in, get the facts straight. Don't. By the way, here's something else I've learned about this stuff. All right? Uh, usually when something's said... Okay, not, not most of the time, you're not hearing, if you're just hearing one side of the story, you're probably not hearing quite the whole truth. Okay? There's usually truth to both sides. And you know what? If you are in a position where you're directly involved and you can help the situation and you have to be involved in the situation, then get the facts straight before you make the judgment call you need to make. Okay, you know, like for example, if your your you know your kids come screaming and running, and uh, oh my my my, we'll use this. This is a good illustration. My sister hit me upside the head, right? Because we know sisters would do that, don't we? Right? My sister hit me upside the head. Okay, and you start uh, getting all over the sister. Well, come to find out, you start figuring out the reason she hit you upside the head is because you know what? You stepped on her toe. Okay? And go, yeah, I mean, no, no kidding. That's going to be a natural reaction, right? And so all that to say, there's almost always two sides to everything. Get the facts straight. Don't just believe it because someone said it. Make sure you're getting the truth. Now, when it comes down to a tailbearer, okay, it is a tailbearer. You've identified as tailbearing. Here's what the best way to handle it and the best way that we'll deal with it, okay, all right? Here's what every Christian needs to do, all right? You ready? Rebuke the bearer of the tail. Rebuke the bearer of the tail. Folks, listen to me. If every Christian would soundly rebuke a tail bearer, it would cease. It would cease. So would most of the strife, misunderstandings, and problems in the church. Okay, here's how it works, all right? Somebody comes to you, hey, did you hear about what so-and-so did or so-and-so said? You're like, you know what? Let's go to so-and-so right now and talk with them about it. Because the Bible says if you got all against the brother, go to your brother. Come on, let's go right now and talk to him about it. I'm going to tell you right now, if every Christian would do that, there would be no tailbearers ever coming to you. Okay, listen, stop the tailbearing in its tracks. Did you hear what the pastor did? Can you believe? Really? Hey, pastor says his door is always open to everybody. Let's go talk to him right now about it. Well, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, exactly. Okay? And if every Christian would do that, there would be zero problem with that in the church of Jesus Christ. By the way, not just within the church, within any area of life. Listen, rebuke the bearer of the tail. Or someone wants to come to you, hey, did you hear about this? Say, you know what? If it's something negative about somebody and I have nothing to do with trying to fix it, I don't want to hear it. What's wrong with saying that? Okay? And you know what? We've talked a lot about personal one-on-one communication, but truth be told, in our day and age, I preached a whole message on this, right? You know where most of it comes, though? Now, now, it still comes sometimes face-to-face, but a lot of time it's coming through technology. Okay? And let me just say this, folks. Don't get caught up in that trap with that stupid stuff going around online. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in all the drama that goes on in social media, all the drama that goes on with this and with that. Because truth be told, a lot of times, most of the time, that stuff is not even close to what the truth is. Didn't our, didn't we just see this play out on a national stage within the last couple of weeks? I mean, a national stage, we saw this play out to the T. The American people were flat out lied, lied to. The American people were flat out deceived about what really happened about a situation. And thank God the justice system finally got something right. Amen? 
But I'm telling you, that's why if you feed on that stuff, I mean, you will, you will be a depressed person if that's all you feed on. Okay? And I'm, I'll even say this. You gotta be careful sometimes even, you know, getting a heavy dose of all the supposedly good stuff. That stuff will make you depressed too. Okay? Let me tell you what we need to be feeding on. Amen? Come on now, right here. Okay? This won't depress you. This will help you. Now it might, you might look into the perfect law of liberty and be like, ah, oh, I don't like what I see here. And you know what? That's true. Sometimes I look into this, most of the time I look into this, I'm like, oh man, look at all those imperfections. Because you know what? It shows me what I truly am. But you know what it then does? It shows me how to get right with what I truly am and shows me the right way I ought to be. And then I can find peace and, 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 and forgiveness with my God. Amen. And so listen, folks, let's not be involved in this sin of a seven, uh, the sin of seven abominations. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, it's a big deal with God. We don't think it's that big of a deal. Because well, here's what we do. We compartmentalize sin in our minds. You know, to us, gossip is here, murder is here. Okay? I understand certain sins have different consequences. But I'll say this, folks. You know what? God looks at all sin the same. Okay? And we need to fear God and not be involved in things, particularly the things that God says are an abomination to Him. And so, let's make sure in our own personal lives, in the lives of our, our church, our church family, that we, uh, we, we deal with this stuff and not let it get started. And if it does get started, stop it in its tracks. Amen. I don't know about you. I like what God's doing around here. I'm thankful for it. I'm excited about it. Satan's not excited about it. He hates it. Don't think for one second uh, he's not trying to bust it up. And again, how's he do it? He always does it from within. Always from within. The church of Jesus Christ can never be destroyed from without. Never. Jesus Christ promised perpetuity to His church. It will always be. It will never be destroyed from without. But I'll say this. Many churches have been destroyed from within. That's the devil's number one tactic. I don't want it to happen here. Amen? By the way, I officially deputize every single member of the congregation to deal with tail-bearing. You, you have, you have sanctioned, you've been sanctioned by the Word of God from the pastor that, you know what, number one, deal with it in our own hearts, and then if someone else comes to you, you got my permission to deal with it. Amen? And let's stop it in its tracks. Let's not let it go on in this congregation, this assembly, and let's not be involved in the sin of seven abominations. Let's pray. Lord, we